0: Hey, everybody, this is Gene Troyer. I'm the lead pastor of Restore Church, and what a pleasure it is to welcome you to our podcast. It's my hope that you will be marked by love and encouraged in your faith and inspired to become all God has created you to be. Now I invite you to lean in and enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning again. My name's Gene. I'm part of the team here at Restore And if you've been around here very long, you know that we are in this unending series called Fresh Fruit. It's just week after week after week, and uh, we're not done yet. It's been a great series uh, for those of us, especially, I don't know about you, but for us as teachers, it's been really good. We're diving into places that we don't, uh, sometimes we just take it for granted. And then uh, to think again and to process again, what does it mean to follow the way of Jesus? What does it mean for us to have the attributes of Christ within us and visible and active and working, what a beautiful thing it is to know that we don't uh, stir that up ourselves, but it is a gift of God that we would be able to produce good, fresh fruit. Let me draw our attention to Galatians 5 once again, Galatians 5.22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Would you say this with me? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Last week, you'll... uh, You'll if you haven't seen it, if you haven't weren't here, you'll want to go back and experience what we did last week. We took a pause on this series and introduced a new one called Witness, which will be a series that we will do sporadically throughout the year. But it is a it is a a story. Witness is a series of stories around the faith experiences of the people of Restore. And last week, Joel Letterman. gave uh, gave his story, and um, it was very impactful, very helpful, and he mentioned it. And I want to just take a second here. He mentioned the word Symbus, and some of you may have caught that. Some of you may, it may just have passed you by, and some of you may have said, what is that? Symbus is an acronym for saving your marriage before it starts. Then there is Symbus Plus, which is a process of that we take a. Uh, couples through, that are already married. Well, um, you'll see in the future here that we are going to change that. And when we talk about relationships, you'll hear us talk about marriage matters. Marriage matters. That makes sense to all of us, right? Marriage matters. So that's what you'll hear us talking about instead of that other process. We'll still use the other process for taking people through that experience, but it'll be marriage matters. I bring that up because when we think about faithfulness, which is the fruit of, or the attribute that we're going to be talking about this morning, when we think about faithfulness, when we think about how we are faithful in our lives, often we think about relationships first of all. How faithful are we in our relationships? What's our perspective? What happens when that person that I'm married to Doesn't show up with a strong degree of faithfulness. How do we respond? Do we say, well, if she's not going to be faithful in this, then I'm not going to be faithful either. If she doesn't do it, I don't have to either. What do you think about God in this matter? If he doesn't come through the way that you expect him to, are you still going to be faithful? Is he faithful? even if the result isn't the way we perceived it should be. Do you say, if God's not going to be faithful in this, if he doesn't see it the way I see it, then I'm not going to be faithful either. I wonder if you have the kind of faith that if replicated by others would actually lead them to become more like Christ. Do you have the kind of faith that if people imitated you, would they be imitating Jesus Is that what they see when they see your life? What's the difference between faith and faithfulness? What's the difference between faith and faithfulness? According to Scripture, faith is a gift from God. Faith is not something that you can create. It is a gift from God. And faithfulness is living from that place of being faith-filled. Faithfulness is living from that place of being faith-filled. I'd like to draw your attention to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Paul is writing to this new church in this ancient city of Ephesus. And he says, It is by grace you have been saved through faith, And this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. How do I actually get this gift? How do I get this gift of faith? When we say yes to Jesus... That is when we get this gift of faith. It is not of ourselves, but it is a gift from God. And, you know, often we want to say, well, yeah, but look at, look at all the things I'm doing. I'm being faithful. I'm practicing faithfulness. And so therefore, I have faith. No, you have faith, and then you are faithful. In philosophy, good faith, you've heard the term bad faith, right? That person did that in bad faith. Well, we're, we're focused on good faith this morning. In philosophy, good faith is a true, it's a real attempt at something. So to understand biblical faithfulness, think of making a genuine attempt at being a true, honest, trustworthy, and reliable person. If you do these things, if this is how you live your life, then you are living out of a place of being faithful. Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, often the book of Hebrews is, is talked about as um, God is represented, Jesus is represented as being preeminent, but it is also uh, a book that has a lot of faith stories in them. And 11.1, 1, chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. All right, so we're going to bank that verse for just a second. All right, we'll come back to it. Oswald Chambers, theologian Oswald Chambers, says it like this. He says, faith is a deliberate confidence. So that means that it would be a choice that you make, is a deliberate confidence in the character of God, whose ways you may not understand at the time. Let me read that again. Faith is a deliberate confidence in the character of God, whose ways you may not understand at the time. When God doesn't come through the way we think he should come through, if he doesn't answer our requests the way that we expect them to be answered, we make a deliberate choice to say, God is good. Even when my circumstances don't reflect a lot of good. I'm going to choose to believe because this is the word of God. The scriptures would indicate, would tell us, would declare that God is good despite our circumstances and that he works all things out for our good and his purposes. Faith is a supernatural trust in a God we cannot see, touch, or feel. Have you ever seen God? Have you ever touched God? Have you ever felt God? Well, I'll tell you, I've felt the Holy Spirit. And I've been touched by being with people. I've experienced God seeing people in front of me that I think represent who God is. But I have not physically seen, felt, or touched God. Still. I believe. Still, we have the choice to make. Will we lean in and will we receive all that he has for us? Will we believe in this supernatural God? When we trust like this, it's to say that no matter what, I believe that God is good for his word and that everything he has promised will come true. So if that is faith, what is faithfulness? What does it look like in practice? Here's a few ways. Faithfulness is being dependable in our relationship with God and others. Faithfulness is choosing to be true to our word and follow through with promises. Whoa, well, that's a big one. What have you committed to? What are the promises that you've made? Are you following through with those? Faithfulness possesses a constancy, it's a devotedness, it's a fidelity, it's steadfastness in all our, it's all our interactions. It's being reliable in a world that isn't. That's what faithfulness is. Faithful people are not disloyal, nor are they flippant with their commitments. Faithful people are not disloyal. And when they say they're going to do something, they actually do it. I'm reminded of this. Uh, James, the brother of Jesus, writes this in chapter 2, verse 14 of the book he authored. Uh, He says, what good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Again, it's this idea that what I say, I will commit to. What I say is true. What I say I'm going to do, I'm actually going to do it. A number of weeks ago, I said something that I've said quite a few times around here. But it is this thing of, hey, if you're going to go to work tomorrow, most of us go to work on Monday. When we go to work tomorrow and we show up, are we bringing all of ourselves? or Are we bringing the best of ourselves? Because if we don't, then don't tell them you go to restore. Because I want people to know, hey, where can I get more of you? Well, there's a whole bunch of us that have committed to being faithful in everything that we do. Faithful in everything we do, not just in our play, but in our work. Not just in our hobbies, but in our our commitments to each other and to the places that we spend, frankly, most of our time in. When Jesus was uh, addressing his disciples about the things that are important— And he knew that after he ascended back into heaven, the Holy Spirit, the helper, would be given to his disciples. And I, if you keep that in mind, that perspective, he knows what's about to happen. And he says this in Luke chapter 16, he says, if you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? If you are are dishonest in little things, if you are untrustworthy with worldly wealth, who will trust you? with the Spirit of God that wants to empower you. The little things matter. Some of you might be in a place right now where you say, I just need a different job. I need a different position. I need to move on in my career. The question becomes, are you being faithful? in the job that you're in right now? Are you bringing your very best to your work tomorrow? Or are you in a place that says, yeah, well, people around me aren't bringing their best, so I'm going to step back and I'm going to do what I have to do in order to get by. That's not what God calls us to. God calls us to live a life that is above reproach. He calls us to live a life that is above and beyond the expectation of those that are around us. We are called to better living than just maintaining the status quo. This is what's true about those that follow the way of Jesus. If we really follow the way of Jesus, we will be people of faith, living faithful lives. So that's what faith is, that's what living in faithfulness is. Brenda and I were coming back from a recent uh, trip and uh, on the flight, I believe it was into South Bend, there was a young lady, 20-something, sitting next to Brenda. And, um, and she said a little bit of something to Brenda about some back pain that she's dealing with. And, and um, at some point, she uh, thanked the universe for um, giving her the seat where she was sitting at because there was she, we were right behind the, the exit door and so there was no seat right in front of her. She was at the window and there was no seat right in front of her and she was so grateful to the universe for having given her that seat. And it struck me, and you all have heard this, but it struck me how... Um, how the world around us, I'll put it that way, is ready to give credence to the universe for aligning things just right for them when things are going well. Maybe you've done that too. And it's a whale of a lot more comfortable, depending on the setting you're in, to not say, I'm really grateful to God, but instead to say, I'm really grateful to the universe. Let me tell you. I don't think the universe cares. But I know God does. I'm confident God is in control, that he cares deeply. We have this thing called superstition. Um, you probably heard the word manifestation or manifesting. And, um, and the universe. So uh, a recent headline that I saw said, the latest internet wellness craze is thinking your way to a better life. It's thinking your way to a better life. Now, um, I grew up in the days of Guideposts. We get Guidepost magazine at our house all the time uh, when I was a kid. And uh, Norman Vincent Peale wrote the book, The Power of Positive Thinking. Uh, there's a book called The Secret, uh, so The Science of Getting Rich, Think and Grow Rich. It doesn't take a rocket f- scientist to figure out why these are so popular. Um, They offer a portrait of a world that is self-focused and it is extraordinarily alluring, like it is, like, I want some of that. Um, It's a world where the only obstacle to achieving your dream is to think your way to, well, you have to focus really hard on it. And then, you know, what you think about comes to fruition. This is called manifesting. And, um... You know, if you dream it, you can achieve it. We've all heard that. It's like we're pretending that we're really uh, gorgeous, successful, and deliriously happy human beings. And when we think about it, when we focus on it, it'll become real. And of course, that the universe is generously giving us all that we can ask or imagine. Now, I'm poking fun at this, I know. But this is what is happening in our world today. Now, do I believe that our mindset determines how we live? Of course I do. Do I believe that when I speak a certain way, the words I speak have power? Yes, I do. Paul writes these words in Philippians chapter four, verse eight. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. That's a shift in mindset. That's believing that the way I think is important. The way that I think saturated, if my mind is saturated by the Holy Spirit, then I am going to be thinking about those things that are admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. That's a mind shift that I hope you've experienced. That is a mind shift that does not come by our own effort. Because as much as I want to believe live like that, as much as I want to have a mindset like that, you know where my mind goes a lot? Opposite from that. It doesn't just happen automatically. It is a lot of hard work, diligent work, to have a mindset that is, that is reflective of the character of Christ. The problem with some of this, manifesting, believing for something and believing it's going to happen, and and believing in the wrong things about that, you know, um, it is a mindset shift. I mean, that's what is being endorsed here. But when we give ourselves to something that sounds almost like truth, like it's almost truth, it almost looks like truth. But when we give ourselves to something like that that doesn't align with the teachings of Jesus. It becomes an altogether false hope, a false gospel that leads us down a road we don't want to go. I wonder where your mind goes right now. What are your mindset shifts that need to happen? Where has the Holy Spirit not completely saturated your mind? What is your propensity when things get, where, where do you go? Like, what's your, where's your natural propensity to move in your mind when things don't happen in your life the way you hope they would? This week, I had a conversation with John. And as I sat across the table from him, your name's John and you had a conversation with me, it's not about you. It's a made up name. I couldn't use his real name. John sat across the table from me and, um, and he's a leader and um, he has a leadership position in his workplace. And he talked about how well things are going, like his, his, his work is going well. He feels like he's performing well, but he said, but I'm thinking about stepping down. And he uh, seemed like a fairly bright young man. And, and so I pressed into it a little bit. And I said, why, why would you want to do that? And he said, because I'm forgetful. You're forgetful. Yeah, I've always been forgetful. I've never been able to remember things. And it's, it's really impacting my ability to lead people because I don't follow through. I'm forgetful. I said, okay. I forget things time, sometimes as well. I said, I think that you have the label. I, if, I, if I was able to, to tell you what I see right now, I think I see the label of forgetfulness right across your forehead. How long have you felt, or how long have you believed that you are forgetful, that your name is apparently forgetful? How long have you believed that you are your worst attribute? So we talked through some things that he might that might help to overcome that. And then I came back to it and I said. This is a mindset shift for you. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. I said, John, you don't have to wear that label. There are ways of overcoming that. And we talked through some steps. This is the thing that hampers most of us. We may may be hitting it out of the park in nine out of 10 things, but it's that 10th thing that keeps us in the ditch. It's that 10th thing that says, yeah, you're you're forgetful. That is your name. You are forgetful. By the way, maybe you're, that 10th thing is, yeah, you can never be faithful. You know your history. You know the things you've done. Fidelity has never been second or first place in your life. You have not been faithful, and you will never be faithful. I don't know what you're believing about that label on your life this morning, but I know, I know that embracing faith and living into faithfulness, it is not a magic wand that you wave and it all comes to you. It is not by manifesting. It is not by believing in superstition. It is in establishing your foundation on the name of Jesus and declaring that he has healed you, that he has the ability to to come into your life and to give you the power that you need to overcome whatever it is that you have in that 10th place that says, I can't do that because, whatever because is. Would you stand with me? So as we close our time together this morning, i want to pose the question. In your faithfulness, are you living into your calling? What is your calling? Are you being faithful in how you show up in your daily life? If not, where are you not showing up? Are you being faithful to the people and tasks that you've committed yourself to? If not... Where is it that you're bailing out? Where is it that you're flaking out? Is your relationship with God your top priority? Are you being consistent in that relationship? Are you consistently showing up and saying yes, yes to God? Are you doing what you say you'll do? And finally, I think it's important to consider where are those areas where you lack faithfulness and how can you change those areas in your life this morning as we sing together as we close our service I would invite you to uh, the prayer ministry team will be up front and uh, just like every weekend It is a time not just um, to receive prayer for a specific thing, but maybe it is this morning. Maybe the lack of faith or faithfulness in your life is the thing that is staring back at you. If so, this morning would be a good morning to break that chain what is the label you're wearing this morning what have you submitted yourself to that is not true about you and if it is true right now let's take care of it let's pray together let's break that chain and see what god might do in your life Thanks for joining us for today's episode. Please rate and review us on Spotify and iTunes and join us again for next week's podcast. We love you and pray blessing and peace over you and your family.